Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a proud man and a corner boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the leader of Hockey Human Resources and a man who once ate food cooked by prisoners. Will Everett Human, Will, how are you doing? Very well, Dan. Very well indeed. How are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Yeah, not really a question this week, but I had to kind of get this in somewhere. And also, like I mentioned last week in regards to Bruce Boudreau being fired and me just forgetting that happened, I wrote down OV and I had no idea why. And then I remembered, oh yeah, it's his 700th goal this week. Vetchkin put it right on a platter for him. He's nets off for a Vetchkin drive. He scores! His spectacular history-making continues. 700 red lights. He has just joined an exclusive club, and there's all of eight, which matches his number for the Washington Capitals. His group is second to none. We may never see another 700 goal score. And I just kind of forgot that had happened because some Zamboni driving goaltender had taken over the world. So I think we just just uh, yeah. <laughs> just take a second just to appreciate Mr. Ovechkin and what he's done. I love how he got to he got to 698 and it's like oh he's, he's going to hit 700 and then he didn't do it in the next game so the collective hockey world was like ah fucking then whatever nobody cares anymore <laughs> you, you missed your shot over don't don't know don't care because didn't he go like five games without scoring or something yeah and he had, he had something ridiculous like 15 shots a game or something he was averaging ridiculous amounts of shots I, I haven't watched many Caps games at all this season. I just imagine now if he's at the point where he's like, I don't give a fucking shit if I've got the puck <laughs> and I'm across the red line, that's, that thing's going on there. Like, I don't give a fuck. It's just personal glory now. What else has he got left? Yeah, straight for uh, straight for the, the 900 club. And I didn't realise this, but he's the second youngest ever to do it, which is mad, really. To get seven 700. 700, yeah. Second youngest. S- second only to, uh, to Wanyo. Yeah. Who did it when he was like 26 or something? You know, those crazy Gretzky stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where he's scored 90 goals a season from the age of 18 <laughs> to 25. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah I what mean, a guy. I mean, it makes sense. If he's going to be the, the second highest scorer, potentially the highest scorer in history, then it makes sense he's the second fastest to 700 because he kind of have to be it in does. this day and age, you? Just surprised me now. Mr. Ovechkin, what a, what a great guy. And he's going to be a dad again. The boy can't miss. <laughs> I wonder how many shots a game he takes for that. <laughs> I was going to say, every time he shoots, it goes in, but that wouldn't be right, would it? That'd be... <laughs> I guess well, it's maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe he's like, um, he knows that he's, he's dangerous in front of the crease, so he uh, <laughs> limits his chances. <laughs> how many high danger chances did he take? <laughs> no, I think they're all, it's all, a lot of low percentage opportunities that he's taken there. <laughs> That's a fair point. I imagine, I wonder if his, uh, getting his wife pregnant was the same as trying to get 700 goals. He just kept shooting and shooting and shooting, and in the end, one <laughs> of them went on, in. <laughs> stuck on 698 for games and games and games. <laughs> All right, there's a fair bit to get on with. Shall we, shall we get on with the show? I suppose you probably should. everybody it is that time of the week it is the smooth recap i'm not sure if you've heard this or not but a zamboni driver who works as a practice goalie for the toronto marlies 
played in goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday and got his first ever NHL win at 42 years old. Take a bow, David Ayres. They're going to have to invent a draft pick higher than a first rounder for next year's trade deadline, just in case any genuinely talented players get moved. You can't say that Toronto fans don't support their team, as they really got behind them during the third period on Saturday night, with loud chants of, let's go Raptors. Patrick Marlowe has been dubbed the worst friend in history after abandoning Joe Thornton for greener pastures in Pittsburgh. This isn't the first time the noted deserter has abandoned his beloved chum, and I fear it won't be the last. You can be forgiven for the Leafs struggling against David Ayres, because how can you expect a team with three 10 million plus forwards to register more than 10 shots in 29 minutes against a kidney-replacing, buildings operations, managing Zamboni driving goalie? Johnny Gaudreau, you teasing little bastard. I hope all that Nutella you eat glues your fucking windpipe shut. Kyle Dubas was so enamoured with David Ayres, he took him fishing the next day. Knowing he had a goalie next to him, Dubas knew how to use him best. As Kyle landed a big fish, he motioned Ayres over to the pole, resting in the water. Dubas was struggling and asked, Can you keep net for me? Ayres said, Nah mate, I don't want a job. Gabriel Velarde has gone from being so injured he was not legally a prospect anymore to scoring his first goal on his first NHL shot. Go on, son. It was great to see David Ayres get a hockey night in Canada towel. To be fair though, he probably didn't need it, as he'd already wiped the floor with the Leafs. Congratulations to you, Dan, on finally being rid of the salary cap scourge that is David Backers. Long may the David Krejci contract haunt you. And that was your smooth recap. We've got to do this now. David Ayres, let's get it done. Well, before we do that, I just want to point out oh. how you, you've you not uh, performed this task in good faith, Dan. Why? Because every last one of your points was about David Ayres, which is just not, it's just not cricket. Where, where we've got this split of you do the East, I do the West. You can't just... <laughs> Do you know how hard I had to, had to search for news? <laughs> Not that there wasn't news, I just couldn't fucking find it because everyone was talking about David Ayres. Livid. The best thing was, I promise you, I promise you, as I, as I, after that happened, the next day I woke up and I honestly, one of the first things I thought was, oh, my Smith recap's going to be a piece of piss this week. <laughs> <laughs> Will's fucked. It was two bastard. East teams. You couldn't even piggyback off another team because it was That's two team. teams from the East. It was great. Absolutely livid. Absolutely livid. Not as um, not as livid as it seems. Everybody is about this this whole situation, this e-bug situation. Let's get yeah, because we're, we're going to get into this right now. Let's let's try and get it let's, done. Let's let's just do it. Let's just do it. Right then, e-bug. Your thoughts. Go. How do I feel about the whole e-bug thing? Yeah, should should they have dedicated goalies instead of essentially like a like a third goalie on the roster almost who does this job for the team? Or no, should mate. there be one guy, you know, sat in a room somewhere waiting? No, mate. It should be. It should be. Your starters down. Okay, get your backup in. Oh, your backups down. I'd like you mate. Your sixth man's going in. Three rules. Rio Ferdinand. We did. We did, we did say up. that a few months ago, didn't we? Just, I don't know because because where either yeah. No, actually, no. You can't do that. You can't do that though because that's if a footy player gets sent off, then his team should be punished in some way. And if it's your choice to not have a backup goalie, that's just your fault. Or, you know, if, if it's your choice to not have a sub-goalie, that's just tough shit. That's your fault. 
Yeah, but if two if... goalies get injured, that's not really that's not your team's fault. There should be at least a competent goalie somewhere who can step in. But if that happened in footy, you'd still have to like chuck someone between the sticks, though, wouldn't you? That's a fair point, actually. Yeah, if you if your goalie and your sub goalie gets hurt, then yeah, it's, it's, it's just rare. It's just rare in football. I was thinking, like, you might see a situation in the future where all D men who are like six, seven, or taller are just getting signed up by teams just in case they need a massive body and net, <laughs> just to kind of yeah, <laughs> just squat there and deflect pucks. Get your Charos, your Jamie Alexiaks in there, like. I, yeah. don't, I don't know how you fix it. Maybe maybe you expand the rosters, there's talk of that. Just having... And you have the choice of dressing a third goalie or not. Do you know what, though? I know somebody mentioned that. I'm sure the guys at Ingoal Media mentioned that today. How about a third goalie who does this kind of job? But you just know teams are going to find a way around it that they then don't have to have one of their other goalies doing something or like he gets extra breast or something like that. Teams will find a way to fudge it, won't they? Well, if if it's an and, idea of like use a, it to cheat, like a dedicated, you know, non-roster player who is like a, employed as an e-bug rather than just being a, is is there a goalie in the building? It's yeah. going to end up with players like say Kari Lennon, who's just retired, or you know, a goalie who's just retired, not worth not worth a proper roster spot, made their money or whatever. You're like, right, we'll give you a nominal fee. Do you want to be our our e-bug? That's how, yeah. that's how it'd be exploited by teams getting real recent pros in to do it rather than what it is now which is which is amateur hour it'd have to be ruled up to the hilt because like you know teams always look at like the the, the really like the salary cap relief for players on ltir and stuff i'm sure when the salary cap was introduced they didn't think oh well, this is this is impenetrable nobody can break the salary cap but you kind of can really if oh, you're yeah, willing to take on injured players and stuff you can kind of cheat it it's a really easy salary cap to cheat, as people have been doing it since day dot, really, haven't they? I know, and th- and the same would happen with this. And it's the fucking NHL. You think the NHL are going to get some kind of third-string goalie roster spot correct and do it? The- of course they're not. It's just going to get fucked up, and then we'll be back, we'll be back to square one again. I, d- I don't quite know what's going to happen or how they're going to go around changing it, but I'll tell you what, David Ayers will be the last of his kind, without a doubt. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And it's a shame. It's a fucking shame. Do you know what's amazing? Is like, just think about this, right? Every single time, every single time something happens that promotes hockey and promotes the NHL, it's got nothing to do with the NHL. Nothing at all. It's yep. all an accident. It's all by mistake. They they could and 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 now they're trying to. I get it. I do. I do kind of understand it. But immediately this thing happens, and they're like, "Oh shit, we'd better discuss this and sort it out." Forgetting the fact he won. <laughs> If if the Leafs ended up winning that game seventeen three, all right, yeah, fair enough. Maybe there's something to it, but yeah. they didn't, and it doesn't. So, it, like, what's the massive issue? I, I don't know. Well, I I can understand why the the league might not be happy about it because a team with some of the best forwards in the game, certainly some of the most high paid forwards in the game, couldn't score on a on a beer league goalie sort of thing. But I, I hate saying that because. One of the things that's really naffed me off about this whole procedure is the complete disrespect being offered towards David Ayres by so many members of the media. Yeah. You know, constantly highlighting old 42 years old beer league Zamboni driver or whatever. So, mate, give the guy some credit and stop trying to fucking stop using your frustration with the Leafs as an excuse to just fucking bash this bloke who's just had an incredible experience. Like, David Ayres didn't ask to go in there. He didn't ask her for the, for the Leafs to be shit. Are you buying into this conspiracy theory then? 
that we're getting this now because it was the Leafs? Or are you buying into the the man holding you back by it? Oh, is there, actually, e-bugs were already on the uh, the G, the agenda for the next GM meeting, oh, actually. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not I, because I, it's the I Leafs. I bet they were. Yeah, you're buying into the conspiracy theory then, are you? Oh, mate, as of course I am. Of course. Yes, that's oh, my boy. Let's no, go. Love no it. No was talking about this when Scott Foster did it. Nope. No, nope. he, didn't, he didn't even concede a goal. No, Completely agree. When it happened with Scott Completely Foster, agree. everyone was like, oh, amazing, Scott Foster. Yeah, when I was Scott Foster. And now that it's happened to the Leafs, it's like, oh. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's just fucking embarrassing. Like, Jesus Christ. You know the story of how the NHL started, Dan, don't you? With the old... Uh, the boys on the pond? No, it was, what, it was the NL, NLA. No, not the NLA. Oh, yes. NHA. Sorry, I thought you were going to... Sorry, yeah. A bit. No, 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 no. Well, it's kind of his bit. Everything's a bit written. Okay, okay, yeah. So the, the NHA, and then they started the NHL because the owner of the Leafs was... Or the Toronto franchise at the time was a, was a wanker. And everyone else yep. was like, fuck this guy, let's start a new league. I vote we do that again. But instead of just like getting rid of MLSE as an owner, just get rid of fucking Toronto as a market. Fuck a lot of them. Let's like see you later. It's over. Send them to the sea. It's over. I've I've got no <laughs> more time for the influence that this fucking team has on this league. I've not heard get in the sea in an absolute dog's age. <laughs> I want that entire team to get in the sea. They should. It's, is it a reasonable request? Yes, I think it is. Poor David Ayers. It's like John Scott all over again. Yeah, I just, I just, it's just, it's infuriating. NHL, just lean into it. Maybe, maybe that's part of the thing that makes the league great. Is that you? Ca- How many times do you see that? Oh my god! Imagine, imagine if there was a quarterback injury and a, a call goes out over the tannoy. Is there a quarterback in the building and some guy comes down and does it? That's what this is. It's this. This is stuff of legend. They will make a film out of this. They have to make a film out of this just because of his life and everything that's gone on. And the league immediately is just, oh, well, we can't have this again. This is a disgrace. Why is it a disgrace? Because one of the supposed top teams played absolute dog shit. I don't, I don't understand. Isn't there I a legend about Harry Redknapp and like a fan giving it to him in the stands during like a pre-season friendly? And then he God, turns around be. to him and is like, come on, bro, get down here. <laughs> You're going on. On you go, son. <laughs> how about how about Dan how about so the, the David Ayers thing is fantastic and, and yeah. you're, it's, it's giving the NHL like oodles more publicity than it would have had otherwise what about instead of doing away with e-bugs yeah Go we do away with goalies and just have e-bugs every game no goalies at all every game is like a, a new fan or a new amateur goalie in the uh, in, in the crease yeah, it's like down the park where your mates playing footy. You just line up against the wall and just pick. I'll take Steve. All right, I'll have Johnny then. All right, I'll have Matt. <laughs> you just do yeah. that. No, no NHL contracted goalies. Just like a, a rotation no. of home. Yeah, of home randomers. team gets to pick first. Home team, the four four e-bugs. Home team picks first, and that's it. That's all you need. Is that right? You've got the choice <laughs> between Gray and the accountant. You've got Dave the, <laughs> the Sparky. <laughs> It's just, and it's amazing as well. That just, how much did Florida spend on their goalie again? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't. It's not something I've ever kept track of. No, me neither. Me neither. It proves that I, I want to be careful because I don't want to be horrible to David Ayers, but anyone could do it. 
<laughs> if, you, if, you've pl- if you've played some modicum of goal before, you're not that different to, to Carey Price. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah, I'll make this point first, actually. Shout out to the Hurricanes, who were absolutely unbelievable. They were unbelievable after that. After the goalies went out. You can see it's on his first two shots. And then the Hurricanes are like, actually, yeah, we, we need to really step up here and play. They come out the third period, take two quick goals. That's it. Game over. The game was over. He faced, t- I know everyone knows this, but he faced 10 shots in 29 minutes. 10! 10! It's disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. But like you say, it's power, power to uh, to the Canes for solidifying in front of him. Imagine what what is that? What is that second intermission team talk like from Rob Brindable? <laughs> David is just there, and he's like, "Right, fucking better do it for Big Dave, or else." The the Hurricanes were four checking on the penalty kill. They were like, fuck this. You ain't having the puck at all. It was insane. It's fucking over. you got no chance to breathe, boys. They were absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Do you know in his last game before this one, he allowed 11, shot, 11 goals on 46 shots? <laughs> that, was in, uh, that was in the AHL, wasn't it? For the checkers. So, yeah. <laughs> where he was an e-bug there. I t- I'll oh tell you what. God. How's he not lost his job with the Leafs yet? <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. I've no idea. Do you know what they're saying about that Kyle Dubas, aren't they? That he's too nice, he's too this, he's too that. <laughs> if that was Lou, Sonny, you're fucking done. Get out of here, boy. You think you can fucking go out there and fucking stop our fucking shots and come back here and take a paycheck out of my fucking pocket? Get the fuck <laughs> exactly. out of here. Here's a question. Here's a question. Do you think Do you think it was very weird that the Leaf players were stick-tapping him at the end of the second period? Were they? As they, yeah, as David Ayres is skating off the ice, some of the Leafs players are just giving him like you know a little tap. Oh like, mate, what are you doing? I, I, what I are know. you doing? I don't know. He's still your mate, though, isn't he? He's still your Fuck mate. Fuck that! No, 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 no. I, I disagree. This what? at that point, it should be killer instinct. If Fucking... it's me, yeah. If it's me, I do my absolute best to run up the score and then I apologise the next day. Yeah, that I, I didn't know about the the. Stick taps at the end of the second period. Like, people losing their fucking call over the stick taps at practice the next day. It's like, all right, mate, come on. Yeah, next day's next day. That's, that's to fine. Go, trying to go around his mum's house and start stabbing her. Like, what is this? <laughs> come on. Just writing traitor on his mum's house and pay. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was six years ago, Mitch. I don't yeah. care. Your son's a tra- your son's a traitor. Your son's a traitor. Your son's a fucking but yeah, traitor. Yeah, they should, they, should have, they should have annihilated him. And the next day, and then the next day after the battle's done, you're like, all right, sorry, Dave, what else are we supposed to do? They they should have annihilated him, Dan. I I don't know if you've heard, but he's 42 years old and he's a Zamboni driver. (laughs) I don't know if you heard that or not. That was his first NHL game at 42 years old. Probably probably should have scored a few more goals on him. And I will say, I will say, I I actually, I am a complicated man, Will, as you know. As you well know. I love it when you preface an argument with <laughs> I am X type of man. Like, right, where are we going with this? No, because this is one of the, this is those things you're probably not gonna believe. But after last season, when I was just I'm sick of the f- Ryan Reeves should have come over and st- <laughs> should have run the grease and steam cloud him. Annihilate him. In revenge for, for professional for his NHLPA yeah. brethren. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually, I actually had a little bit of sympathy is not the right word, but I had a little bit of something for Leafs fans because I don't fucking know 
how they stand by this team year after year after year. Oh, and shout out to the Leafs, some of the Leafs fans, because you know what? Every time they, they play away, there is hordes of Leafs fans there. They gave David Ayers a standard invasion after the game. They got more class than me, because if that was me, I'd have been trying to climb over the glass to punch my own players. That's what I'd have been doing, because I'd have been furious. Now, to be fair, they were booing and stuff during the game. They were very annoyed. <laughs> but they did give David Ayers a standard ovation afterwards. But Jesus Christ, that fan base. I tell you, man. I, I, oh, God. It's not sympathy. I don't know what it is. But God almighty. Mate, they're still third in the Atlantic. Everyone still needs to just calm the hell down on the Leafs. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, they're not uh, running away with it. But they've had their starting goals tend to go down. They've had their top D-man go down. They've had a coaching change in season. Yeah, they've got a really good team, but it's still one good year. Like Tampa Bay missed the playoffs a few years ago. Like what? And Toronto are still fully in the race. All this, all this hand ringing and the chicken little about the bloody Leafs. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs. Of course, they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know. Oh yeah, I agree. And, and if I they, if they don't, it's not the end of the world. Fucking uh, James Myrtle. Did you see a <laughs> not James for Myrtle you. article the other day? No. Mate, there's some article where he's like, is this the last hurrah for the Leafs core? So what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the Leafs core that signed for the next five years? Yeah. And All of the, them. The majority of which are 23 and under. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> over, mate. Finished. <laughs> I can't believe they, didn't, I can't believe they went and sell us at the deadline. I know. Probably <laughs> better get rid of Austin Matthews before he starts falling off a cliff. This but it's expectation, saying. is it? It's expectation. I was listening. I had to listen to TSN the day after just to get there. And they made a good point: is that how many times can these players go through what is classed as a learning experience? So, like 2016, no, 2017 playoffs when they lose to the Caps in six. You're like, well, it's a young team. You know, that's fine. They take the Bruins to seven the year after. Yeah, okay, learning experience. Take the Bruins to seven again, lose again. And it's like, right, okay, you, you keep having learning experiences. At what point are you going to kind of really show us what you can do? But I, I understand the other side. And like like Friedman always says, how long did it take for Ovechkin to win a cup? You just got to keep going. You, you never know. And it's not like they're getting bounced out by the Blue Jackets in four games or anything like that, or the bloody Islanders. They're going up against one of the best teams in, in the league. Give it a few years, like you know, two, three years when the Bruins have fully fallen off and gone full San Jose, it won't be a problem anymore. No, you're right. They're they're a bit of a victim of the of the playoff format. But which, you know, yeah, you've still got to beat the good teams to win the cup, but it's just getting boring, isn't it? Like the, it is mad. Even the the whining about them being crap when they're crap, fine, get that. Gloating about being good and reveling in the in the greatness of the young players is fine. Whining about this season is just doing my nut absolutely doing my nut they're still better than a lot of teams in the league and at the very least on just, paper just over half they're better than just over half the teams yeah exactly and and on paper they've still got a shit on team I don't see the problem I do agree I do agree with you it's a yeah. funny old place <laughs> funny old world funny old world Dan okay let's move on Will who is winning the cup David Ayers has won the cup. He's already won the cup. Just He's already won there. the cup. Chuck, no matter who the... wins it, get get that application and just chuck his name on it. I did I did put this on Twitter, but of all the teams this could have happened to, Carolina was absolutely one of the best ones. 
oh, that yeah, they've that, just yeah. immediately were like, right, we're getting shirts put out. And they've already said, haven't they, they're going to they're gonna give him some money from the shirts and he said he's going to donate some of it to a kidney foundation, which is just, it's just amazing. It's just great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, really leaning into it. It's just what we like to see. Who, uh, who have you got winning the cup? If you don't think, after this season, the Leafs aren't winning the cup, you're mad. I am doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on my prediction, which I made when Babcock was in his worst funk. Now is the time to bet on the Leafs winning the cup. I am convinced they are winning the cup this year. Because it can only get better. Yeah, because it's all about stories nowadays. Mate, the fucking playoffs have got nothing to do with skill or fucking desire or work ethic or anything. It's just about stories. Now, other teams have stories, I agree. But I think the most powerful story at the moment is that how could the team who lost to a Zamboni driver win the Stanley Cup? That's the strongest story for me to this week. Maybe next week could be different, but right now, I've got the Leafs winning a cup. I can I can get behind it in, in like an X Factor sort of way. Yeah, you can you can go back for the past, and this has only happened for the past maybe four or five seasons. But every team's had a good story. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that. All right then. Who's getting relegated? I'm really getting Leafs media. I didn't know we were going to do David Ayers before uh, before all these, so it's a lot of rehashing. I'm going to specifically. Uh, relegate I don't know who the, uh, the the other host is but the TSN morning radio show that Carlo Col- Carlo Col- 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 Carlo yeah Carlo Coliacomo Jeez Louise the one that he hosts with some other geezer because they were specifically cussing out David Ayers and they're right and centre it's like mate get a fucking life so yeah fuck those boys who are you going to relegate I've got to relegate the Florida Panthers because even after adding a 10 million dollar goal <laughs> <laughs> and a three-time cup-winning coach, they still seem to have no bloody idea what the hell they're doing. Like, if, there's, if there's anything we love, it's beating salt into the dead horse's wounds. And nothing oh, nothing yeah. I enjoy more. Oh, yeah. Third place in the Atlantic is right there. It is right there. Because let's be honest, they should be clear of the Leafs. They should be. Like, looking at their schedule and the teams they've played, they should be a good four or five points ahead. But no, yeah, just still and- faffing around, Florida-ing it up like they always do. And the Leafs just lost to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver. Yeah, did you hear about that? I just now, yeah. It's come to my attention. I keep saying this, but could you imagine if Bobrovsky was just league average? <laughs> no, I like, can't. If I've you got said... that good an imagination. <laughs> I can't remember that far back. If you just said at the start of the season, for a team to be really, really good, their $10 million goalie would just have to be league average. You'd be thinking, what? <laughs> I'm paying $10 million for league average and that's going to really help me. <laughs> yes, it would. I think other teams in the should, be, should be worried that you know, $10 million doesn't even get you league average anymore. What are you going to have to start paying these goalies for them to perform at five hundred? dollars <laughs> <I know, yeah. laughs> If they'd have maybe, maybe paid him $14 million, he'd have been good. He might have been all right, yeah. If he'd have been the highest play, paid player in the league, maybe they've had a chance. Unbelievable. Maybe. Just what's, what's Conor McDavid's save percentage? Nobody's asking that question. Exactly. And there you go. Probably, well, it's probably better than Brabowski's. So. <laughs> it depends what an NA counts for. Uh, yeah. Are we counting it as one or zero? Either way, it's probably yeah, far off. Let's say one, just for just for lols. Florida still florida in. Unbelievable. How many starters you got? I've got one starter and three scratches. You ready for this? Are you ready oh for this? God. Should I go and make a sandwich or something? Big fucking damn boy starter over it. I got six starters. 
mate, you need to stop taking so much joy in this fucking diabolical sport. Well, it's not just a sport. It's the world in general. It's very true. Which it's... also does not... Again, I'm a complicated man. But, yeah, uh, six starters and two scratches. So I guess I'll... How many starters do you have? One? I, yeah, I've got one. <laughs> okay, Again, it I'll was, do three of mine. As, it was hard to uh, to find a lot of news that wasn't <laughs> David Ayres related this week. Well, clearly I had six starters. You weren't looking hard enough, were you, well, Willie? Clearly, clearly no. not, mate. Clearly, I wasn't clearly. in the zone. I'd, I couldn't see the wood for the David Ayres. Okay. <laughs> couldn't see the wood for the Ayres. All right. My first starter, a name probably not familiar to you, but what he did will be. I'm going to start Kasuhisa Hashimoto. What are your bloody wrestling people? No, no, not at all. That's quite far away from that. He is the man who invented the Konami code. Oh, which, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't, the younger ones of you will not know what that is, but it's on a control pad for the original Nintendo, he put in a code to put a cheat into a game and he forgot to take it out. Because he wanted to see if he could do it. Could you put a code in using a controller that would like alter the game for you after it had been made? And the famous Konami code is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. And not only, not only could you use it on loads of games for original Nintendo, but it became quite famous. So the code then was implemented into other games and it's still implemented into things now. You can go to certain websites now and put the code in and it does stuff to the website. You can use it on Fortnite as well. And I think if you, if you do it in Google, it does something to Google as well. But yeah. A man who invented the Konami code, and he uh, he passed away this week, and I, I believe he deserves oh, his props. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to a legend in the game. Yeah, if you like, L- if you think literally. about pop culture, like an absolute. I mean, that man is an absolute pop culture icon from somebody from my generation, because everybody knew the Konami code when I was a kid. I never, I never played any games that, or knowingly played any games that used it. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. All game, loads of games used it. You can use it now on on PlayStation Four games. There's certain games that have the Konami code in. They just put it in as like a little Easter egg. It's funny how like yeah, you know, the the cheat code is is a nod rather than you know specifically being oh here's the code for the cheat is. Yeah, rather than how it does something funny like oh it turns all your cars green or something stupid like that. It doesn't actually make you better at the game. It just gives you like a little yeah, it's like a little Easter egg. That's good. It's just a but anyway, come on, mate, R.I.P. Yeah. Mr. Hashimoto, you absolute ledge. All right, my next starter. I gotta start the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. Look, I'm old enough to remember when being the world heavyweight champion meant something. And a world heavyweight title fight actually meant something. So the prospect of a all British unification fight for the undisputed world heavyweight championship is pretty cool to me. I know you kids, you know, it's all you about your featherweights and your Mayweathers and your Pacquiao's and blah blah blah. But I I'm from a time where You'd stick two bears in a ring and let them just pound on each other until one of them was like bleeding from his ear, and I enjoyed that. Who who's holding the other titles? Joshua, Anthony Joshua, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got nothing go. on, nothing on boxing. Sorry, ah, oh, you kids. My next starter, I'm going to shout out Bobby Ryan, who hey. reportedly has hit 100 days sober this week, and a man like myself will appreciate his struggle greatly. A uh, degenerate drinker like Will cannot. But well done to you, Bobby Ryan. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in and do my starter now. Yeah, power to you, Bobby Ryan, for facing your demons, brother. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do to, to look in the mirror and say I've got a problem with something. And then to act upon it, not just have it as a, a momentary, oh, yeah, I'll stop tomorrow, I'll stop tomorrow. And, and yeah, he's done it. And I want to see him back on the ice and doing what he does. Well, doing what he did best, <laughs> scoring some goals. <laughs> Even in times of happiness, we have to have a little dig, don't we? Oh yeah, of course. Can't, can't, especially 
Bobby Ryan, if we've had our, we've had our fun with Mr. Ryan before, we can't let him go now. No, not at all, not at all. But yeah, congrats to him, 100 days, a great milestone. So that was your starter then, yeah? That, that was my starter, yeah, I thought I'd, uh, I'd sandwich it in. <laughs> all right, my next starter, quick one. I'm going to shout out the Detroit Red Wings, because you've got to respect this tank. They are the first team to be mathematically eliminated from playoff contention prior to the trade deadline since the 2003-04 Penguins. Have they been eliminated now? Yeah, so well done to them. Well done to them. I thought they were just taking the the Blues model to the absolute extreme. (laughs) I thought, well... No, unfortunately not. It's it's backfired. Yeah, the uh, the eyes of plan is still in full effect. Yeah, I I think it's going to work. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens with the Red Wings in the coming years. Yeah, me too. Very intrigued. A very interesting plan. A very interesting plan. Have you got any more? Or is My next... All good. No, there's two more. It just keeps two more. going. Just keeps going. <laughs> just keeps going. I'm going to start Artemi Panarin, who is having a sneaky, great season. Not just good, great. He's already hit 85 points in 63 games. And uh, shout out to Jason and his computer bunnies at way of intel because if you look at his player chart on there he has been defensively excellent as well and i get it it's you know hardly spoiler alert 11 million player is good but i didn't think he'd be i didn't think he'd be this good this season on this team but he is and i and i love the bread man i've always said he scored my favorite goal of like the last 10 years so that, that's awesome. the thing yeah he's he's this good on the, on the team that to be honest is only doing better than they should be because of because of his contributions Actually, who's got the next most points? Let's have a look. Probably Zibanejad. Yeah, Zibanejad's 24 points behind. He's got 61. That's pretty rough. 61's still pretty good, though. That's almost a point per game. I forget how Anthony D'Angelo, 46 points he's got so far this season. (sighs) Yeah, but at what cost? I don't know. (laughs) Death and destruction? I don't know. What is the cost? (laughs) Just being a massive racist. Well, yeah, all right. When you put it like that, that's a fair point. For a second, when he said at what cost, I thought you were going to talk about his cap hit next season or something when they give him like an $8 million contract or something. Oh, mate. Probably five and a half for like eight years. Let's not talk yeah, about he's the tw- Rangers giving out contracts. Jesus Christ. I've still not gotten over $8 million for Jacob Truber. I still can't. I still I th- can't get over I think it. I'm still, uh, I'm thinking more recently in the Chris Kreider deal. Fucking hell. <laughs> we can talk about that in a bit. Okay. My final start, people, as you'll be happy to hear. i got to start Nathan Gerby. Shout out to Pocket Hercules, who won a victory for smaller men everywhere. Pocket Hercules, that's such a fucking cuss. <laughs> I stole... The pocket. Pocket Hercules. I stole, I stole that from um, primetime Deion Sanders. He used, to, he used to describe an NFL player like that. Because he was like a small... Was, I'm pretty sure it was Maurice Jones-Drew, who was like a smaller guy, but would just crush people. And he'd be like, fucking Hercules. And just it's the name that stuck in my head. He crushes Claude Giroux with a massive hit. And then Travis Sandheim, who's a foot taller, comes in thinking he's fucking Jack the Biscuit. Oh, no, no. Gerby takes him down as well. Fantastic. A victory for vertically challenged men everywhere. <laughs> Where have you gotten Jack the Biscuit from? <laughs> he came in thinking he was Jack the Biscuit. Well, I can't remember. Been, what's Jack the Biscuit? A guy who thinks he's all that in a bag of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, they don't have to make him different up your way. Jesus. 
Oh, I'll say, I can't remember where I read Jack the Biscuit from. I just love it though. Guy who thinks he's all that just comes in like Jack the Biscuit. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't Stop. tell me you're not going to drop that. You don't tell me you're not going to drop that reference at some point with your mates because it's so. just going to fall out of you. Jack the Biscuit. Saves. <laughs> okay. Oh, As I asked you yeah. 25 minutes ago, but I've now forgotten. How many scratches have you got? Uh, I've got a trio. A big, uh, a nice, a nice trio of scratches. Alrighty. I'll let you go first and you go first. Uh, thanks, thanks. My my first scratch is going to be David Ayres, who uh, has an 800 save percentage on the season and really should be in the AHL at least. Um, uh, yeah, he's never going to get on my team. I can help. Should be Liab- playing in Florida, shouldn't he? Liability. It doesn't earn enough to play in Florida, unfortunately. Ah, uh, good point. How many have you got? Have you just got one? Uh, yeah, I've only got one, so I'll do I'll do mine now. I have to scratch Joe Thornton not going back to Boston. I I just. The Bruins missed an absolute trick here. An absolute trick. Because as we've already discussed, hockey's about the story. Which team's got the best story? Teams don't matter. Players don't matter. Coaching doesn't matter. The team that wins has the best story at the time. Now, Patrick Marlowe and the Penguins are very clever. They've already got their story ready, you see. He's already been traded. You need to counter the Penguins' story with your own story. What better than Jumbo going back to Boston? The rumours were that there was never any even contact. There was no teams that were interested in him, who were contenders. Because I, I heard Calgary, Vegas, Dallas, I think, was in on him at one point, wasn't, weren't they? Yeah, and Boston. I'm not sure if it was that they couldn't agree a price or no sort of good enough teams were in on him and he didn't think it was worth it, but I tell you, I think the Bruins missed a trick. Shame, shame, really. Especially when you've got someone in your own conference who's, who's gearing up for a good story. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's two teams now. It's terrible. All right, and your scratches? Uh, so my next one is uh, is going to be Julian Brisebois. I don't. I know we had a lengthy conversation about his uh, his exploits last week. We did. We did. But I still. No. I was just going to say, arguments aside, all arguments aside, whether they make sense or not, two first round picks <laughs> for Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman is is a fireable offence I don't care the situation I don't care <laughs> what like mate come on come I want to say I want to say in my defence I didn't know last week when I was saying the Blake Coleman deal wasn't that bad he was going to do it again this week so I stand by my defence last yeah, and, week and I know I'm, I'm still I'm still with you to an extent on that like I, I'm, I yeah. completely yeah I get it but yeah, this, this week I've got nothing I've got nothing no, mate Sorry. that yeah. was just you that win. was just ridiculous just taking the it's insane it's going to do a fucking first for um for uh, for, uh, for Ross Johnston next week <laughs> <laughs> there it is there he there, there he is. is back with a bang and my last one I'm going to scratch Wayne Simmons because he needs to get some fucking help like Jesus Christ come on mate he's deluded He's lost it. He thinks he's going to yeah, help I, the Sabres. Like, what, what? <sighs> Poor guy. So we're going to go through the trades in a minute. I had that on my sort of list of trades that happened with them, me having a follow-up question. And my question was just this. When does Wayne Simmons stop being a thing that people think they need? It's not even It's not even that. Like That that side of it is, all right, fair enough. I kind of get why Buffalo would have interest in him. But he's specific. I don't. He had a, he had a no trade clause. He had a limited list. No, but I don't it. know why any team is interested in him. I'm not saying just Buffalo. I'm okay. saying any team. Why are teams still picking up Wayne Simmons? Well, Nothing just, against the guy. In his day, he was great. And I was that's a big fan. People are dumb but and, that day and is gone. Of him. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's true. 
that's that's the hundred, and that's why I understand. I'm not saying that I would want to trade for Wayne Simmons, but I understand why an inept GM such as Jason Botterill has traded for Wayne Simmons. Yeah, I thought players were a little bit smarter than that. Maybe he's one of these ones that's like, oh yeah, I don't really watch much hockey. <laughs> yeah, I try to just focus on my team and, and what we're doing. So he gets a trade off those. Oh yeah, sure, whatever. Doesn't doesn't know what's going on. I guess credit to Buffalo for thinking they're still in with any shout of making it. <laughs> I guess. No. Like in don't, a deluded way. Yeah, don't don't but... promote that sort of self destructive behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I kind of, I kind of appreciate them being like, no, no, we're still in it. It's still good. We're still good. We're still fine. <laughs> but ah, uh, fucking mad, just mad. Even for a fifth round pick in twenty twenty one, I'm still thinking, what? What? That's a, that's what a are waste. you doing? Fifth round in twenty twenty one, and I'm thinking it's madness. You could uh, use that on some kid from the BCHL who's never even going to play for your ECHL team. Yeah, exactly. Should we dive into these trades then? Well, yeah, before we get into the trades, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and soon to be performing at a child's birthday party. Also, if you're feeling frisky, a five-star view on iTunes would make us both hot and sweaty. Of course, the news this week, as always, sponsored by Wave Intel. Maybe if the Calgary Flames had checked out Wave Intel, they wouldn't have given up a third-round pick for Eric Gustafsson. And if you check out Wave Intel, then you can send abusive messages to the GM of your team. Wave and tell online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. I will say, I thought this was a very, very good trade deadline day. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It was it was exciting. Do you know what it was? It felt like all the GMs got together and had already made their picks of who they wanted, all worked out, and then decided to kind of, okay, give us 20 minutes and then we'll do ours. Yeah, and then give us 20 minutes and then we'll do ours. There never seemed to be like a rush of them in one go. They, need to, they were nice and spaced out and it was very good. I thought, I, I thought it was very good. Yeah, it was it, there was a lot of activity. I, I like the the there was a lot of speculation about certain things. Like the, the Zach Parise trade was was a good one. That was a nice bit of drama and intrigue. I was convinced. I was convinced that I'd already gone through. It wasn't until the day after I was reading Bill Guerin's quote, which was essentially, "I mean, we tried to get rid of him, but we couldn't, so we still love him." And I was like, "Hang on, he didn't go anywhere. What?" <laughs> like, okay, no, he actually stayed. That was all just a fever dream that I had. Yeah, while trying to while trying to take notes on all these bloody trades for this show. Here's what we'll do. Places will sometimes do sort of team by team, but that was just too much work for me and for you. So <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, I've said it a million times. I don't get paid to do this. I do it because I love it. I'm not going to go through and collate every single team's trades. I'm just not going to do that. I haven't got that much, that much free time. So we'll go through the, the major trades one by one. And if you have a rampant desire to talk about it or anything around that, uh, then we can. But there will, there will be some we'll just breeze past and there'll probably be a couple that we just didn't talk about because they're just not important. And we'll start with the uh, with the earliest big one, which is relevant to my interest as the Boston Bruins acquire Andre Kasher in exchange for a 2020 first round pick, David Backus and prospect Axel Anderson. And I will say... Anaheim Ducks fans are incredibly, incredibly annoyed by this trade. As as they should be. As, as like. they should be. I completely agree. Injuries aside, Kasha, even like 45 games a year of Kasha is infinitely more value. But it's a good thing they got a first round pick for him. That That is very much a good thing. And and to an extent though, if, if the Ducks are really leaning in on this rebuild, then why not take on David Backus? Yeah, I, feel like no, it, I agree. I feel like, it, given the prices that are being handed up for some forwards at the moment, 
you could probably have argued for another prospect on top of that if you're taking on. Because I think Cassius should probably agree. demand a first and a prospect anyway, given yeah. that he's young or you know he's RFA, so he's going to be cost controlled for X amount of years, and he's fucking good when he plays. Still not not the worst thing in the world, and a, a steal for Boston, really. Yeah, like we said, it's just um, it's just keeping him healthy, isn't it? If you can stay healthy, then it's fine. The Bruins should be in the playoffs anyway, but with sort of seven or eight games to go, if it looks like they're going to be fine and you know everything's secure getting in, then they'll just probably, you know they might just give him rest now and again because that has been the concern is health. So but yeah, yeah I, I, agree. I don't know I what his I don't know what his problem is. Whether that's something you can treat with a bit more rest or anything, but yeah, do whatever you, whatever you can to keep him useful. Fair play to Don Sweeney. He's uh, he's taken a lot of grief before, but I think he, he did a good job on that one for sure. Yeah, I think he's I think he's fairly cemented as a good GM now, really, isn't he? The Winnipeg Jets acquire Cody Eakin from the Vegas Golden Knights for a conditional 2021 fourth round pick. I had also checked on this one because that seemed like a very a very low price for me for what I think is a all right, fair enough, Cody Eakin. Not going to set the world on fire, but for a decent NHL player, a conditional fourth round pick in 2021 seemed like quite a light. A light deal, but it it appeared that from Vegas fans that he was just yeah Cody Eakin had kind of had his time there and it wasn't working out. And did you know well that Cody Eakin took the first ever Golden Knights face off? Did he really? He did indeed. There you go. There you go. I think it's the last last year of Eakin's contract. Yeah, he's a rental. So that's yeah, fine, fine business from the Jets. Like Eakin's Eakin's not a bad player really. And even when he was in Dallas, like he. He was one of those polarising players because he was playing too much for as good as he was and he was paid too much for as good as he was, but he still wasn't a bad player. There, are, I reckon there are at least 100 NHL players out there that are worse than him. So, <laughs> Praise indeed for Mr. Eakin there. I did, yeah, well, uh, from, a, from a league that has you know, 700 players in it, it's not, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's too much of a cuss. <laughs> But, um, I got. I just got to throw this in. Sorry, it's just cool. reminding me, like saying, like I'm. You're setting the bar low by saying. I mean, there's hundreds of players who are worse than you, mate. I mean, thanks. The great, great compliment there. Thanks. Hundreds, mate. Hundreds. We're, one of those things came up on Facebook tonight, and my wife was reading it to my daughter, and it's one of those ones where you ask the kid about yourself, and then you have to, you know, they give you the honest answer. So my wife's reading these things out. You know, what does mummy like to do? What does mummy think is fun? So I said, oh, let's do it for me as well then. So one of the questions was something like, why is daddy a good daddy? George just said, he makes me laugh and we play games and he's funny and he's nice and, all you know, the usual kind of stuff. So my wife said, well, you know, when my dad, you know, he, he used to like, he used to hit us sometimes. He was crazy sometimes. And George just kind of looked at my wife and said, wow, did, did he like, did he hit you sometimes? She said, yeah, when he got, when he got angry, if we were nutty, he'd smack us on the bum really hard. And she said, daddy doesn't do that. He's a great daddy. <laughs> so I'm a good dad because I don't hit my kid. <laughs> wow, thanks a lot. <laughs> if only really it's setting that the bar high. resist the urge sometimes. Because <laughs> I don't give my kid a backhander. I'm a great dad. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Thanks. Congratulations, you. You should, you should be yeah, really you. proud. Thank you. I am. I'm very proud of myself for not for never hitting my kid. But for resisting <laughs> the urge of of hitting a defenseless child. <laughs> yeah, child abuse. Brilliant. Cody Eakin is like the equivalent of not abusing children. <laughs> yeah, for the, there for we the go. trade deadline, and they didn't see and that's big for him. So great, brilliant. See, getting a non-child abuser only cost a conditional 2021 fourth. I mean, yeah, what's not to love? Bargain, absolute bargain. <laughs> okay, 
Here's one of my here's one of my little talking points on this. The Washington Capitals capture Ilya Kovalchuk from the Montreal Canadiens for a third round pick in 2020. <sighs> Who knows what is going on with the Habs? Because they are again in the middle of a we're not entirely sure what we're doing type thing. And last year, I think it was last year, Bergevin was talking about rebuilding on the fly and we're trying to be competitive but still have pieces. And they do. They have 18 picks in the next two years in rounds two, three, four, and five. And I know you need to find those players in later rounds sometimes. We all know about the stories about players being found in round three or round four. And if you have a ton of picks, that's great. But you need those high-end first-rounders who can make a difference. I think like players like Quinn Hughes and Kel McCarr are perfect examples of that, that they went like five and four, respectively. The Habs are not making the playoffs. And you've got like loads of interest in Jeff Petrie, loads of interest in Tatar, and he's just kind of like, well, yeah, but we don't really want to because what are they doing? They're just going to be stuck in the middle again. I had, a, um, had an epiphany the other day about the Canadians. Oh, go on. Oh, nice. They're, they're just the wild bit in the Eastern Conference. Fuck me, that take is like rocket fuel. Oh, my days. Think, think about it, think about it. So they've got an ageing D-man who was once incredible but can still munch the minutes in Shea Weber nice. versus Orion Sitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is goal because they've got Kerry Price, but even then, like he's not as good as he was and Devin Dubnik's not as good as he was. And then they haven't got a particular star bar Kerry Price. At, well, at forward, they definitely haven't got any stars. They've just got a lot of no. fine to decent players. And they're constantly in the middle. They're just the wild, but in the East. If any of you Canadians fans would like to get in touch with the show, please remember that those views expressed by Will Everett are not expressed by myself, just in case. Bring it on, mate. Bring it on. Bring me a smoked <laughs> meat sandwiches and I'll fucking eat them. There you go. That's my threat to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Canadians fans are... Uh... Pretty annoyed, pretty annoyed. I, I, did, I did have a quick conversation with Jason Paul on Twitter before the show, and he just said, you're going to be using my Bergevin truths situation, because he's been putting on Bergevin, like quotes from Mark Bergevin about what he expects of the team and what they're doing, and he just keeps contradicting, Bergevin just keeps contradicting himself all the time. Again, as we've discussed before, probably because nobody's going to tell him to his face he's made a mistake, because he'll crush them like a grape, but he's got to be held accountable at some point. Because he's doing nothing. He's, yeah, he's, he's done nothing. He's, he, try, he's tried to rebuild it, and it hasn't done it very well. It was interesting in this regard because he said about Kovalchuk, well, you know what? There were certain offers on the table, but we weren't going to send him somewhere he didn't want to go. Talking like Kovalchuk had been there for 15 years and was like his godson or something. Like, mate, he's been there for 51 days. <laughs> if, if you could get a second or something and you, you're sending him back to, I don't know, fucking Chicago, do it. Gives a shit. Mate, what, I, what I don't doing? know though, because like a third for a geezer who's been shit this year, shit last year, and has had one incredible run of 13 points in 22 games. Come on, let's be buyer beware sort of thing. Who's to say he's probably going to fucking disappear in Washington? He's going to do. No, I get it, but Bergevin, Bergevin was making out that there were better offers on the table than the one from the Caps, but he wouldn't do it because he said, oh, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do COVID dirty like that. Because we don't, we want to, we want to send him to a team where he's got a chance. What are you talking about? The guy's been there for less than two months. Just weird. And I found out an amazing, an amazing stat today that he was being talked to in in the in a scrum 
a reporter brought up that, and we we discussed this on the show. God, do you remember? Do you remember we talked about the Canadians drafting a few months ago, and we kind of talked about the players they drafted and how they hadn't really set the world on fire. Like they're fine, but like, yeah, big yeah, whoop. Yeah. Who gives a shit? And they're saying that ever since Bergevin's like hit the reset button on in on this team since like like the last two years, the consensus of the team is that they have exactly. They, like you said, they've got zero star caliber. And since 2002, since Trevor Timmins took over from scouting, not one player they've drafted and developed has scored more than 70 points in a season. 18 years, not one player they've drafted has scored more than 70 points in a season. Yeah, that's, that's fucked up. That is terrible. That is absolutely terrible. And do you know, do you know what he said? he said? He said, it's all just down to luck. <laughs> this is a quote. This is a quote from Bergevin about his about the terrible drafting and development of the Canadians. I don't go to the casino, but if you play blackjack, you play the odds. I know it's difficult for fans to understand and for you guys to understand. But when you sit at the table and you see the names go by, you have to get lucky. All right. I mean, to kind an extent, of. He's, he's right. Yeah. There should also be that kind of. In eighteen years, how many players have they drafted in eighteen years, and not one of them has got over seventy points. Yeah, how much? On the opposite, on the opposite side of that, that's not bad luck. That's bad recruitment, bad coaching, bad development. That's what that is. If if you keep twisting on sixteen in blackjack, then that's not bad luck. <laughs> that's just fucking idiocy. <laughs> sixteen, hit me. Twenty three, hit me. Hit me. I don't <laughs> think you get the game, sir. Hit me. <laughs> it's a family, yeah, a Family Guy joke, but just weird. Absolutely bizarre. He's got to go, hasn't he? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I yes, of course he does. He absolutely but does. Of course he does. But I'm, I'm trying to think, like, if he's not gone now, or, or like, when? When's he ever going to go? He's going he's gonna to be ever gonna... Not until he's as old as Lou. The second version I've made that Marco Scandella deal, Pagula should have been on the phone to Bottrell, like, fuck off. You're fucking dumb, mate. I've just seen what he's got from the Habs. Like, you forget it. Like the second some of these trades went through, and it's just like, oh, another Canadian's draft pick in round three or four. He, sh- he should have been gone immediately. Like, what are you doing? You need some first round draft picks for a rebuild. Yeah, he should have. I don't know. It's like he's he's in two minds. He doesn't want to tear it down, but he equally understands that his team aren't very good. I've always said this, I and I get you have to. I get you have to put bums in seats. I get you have to have a fan base, but I genuinely, genuinely think. If you're like the Rangers did, if you're honest with the fans, let's be honest, we're not going to do well. We're not going to make it. We're going to sell off some of our top assets. We'll take a hit early doors and then we're going to rebuild. And then hopefully free agency comes around. You can pick up a Panarin. You go through the draft. You trade, you know, you get some first round picks. You can get like, especially in this draft, you know, even up to picks kind of like, they're saying up to picks like 55, 60 are going to be really good players. I, I mean, you know, you just, you know, if you can pick like two or three times in the top 40. But no, it's just more kind of, oh, we'd pick 87 and pick 99. and Which which would be fine if you had any record of drafting at all. <laughs> also a fantastic point, as we've just said. <laughs> That's since 2002, yeah. Like all if, that shit. If Tampa Bay are loading up on, on third rounders and fourth rounders, you think, all right, yeah, fair enough. I can probably do something like that. But yeah, directionless. Is how I'd describe the uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. The Edmonton Oilers acquire Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings for Kyle Brosiak and a conditional pick in 2020 or 21. I have nothing on this. Do you, Will? 
I couldn't even tell you what Mike Green has done at all this season. Couldn't the Ottawa Senators sick. acquire a... Oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> like, all I'd say is fair play, worth a, worth a go. Like, he's playing on a historically shit team. He has been good previously. He can't be any worse than any of the players that you're already playing on D in that team, so... The Ottawa Senators acquire a fourth-round pick in 2021 for Vlad Nemesnikov, who goes to the Colorado Avalanche. I think that's what the Senators paid for him from the Rangers. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. So yeah, why not? Like you've you've come out sort of net neutral or whatever, however you want to put it. Yeah, handy pickup for the Avs. Like I've always liked Nemesnikov. He's not he's not flashy, but like if you chuck him on the power play, he's got that instinct sort of thing. Fine player. Fine player. You know me, I fucking love a, a good depth pickup. I oh, fucking yeah. love him. You know if, I do. If you've got Nemesnikov on your fourth line, you're fucking laughing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know you're going to talk about this one. <sighs> the New York Islanders acquire Jean-Gabriel Pajot from the Ottawa Senators for a 2020 conditional first round pick, a 2020 second round pick, and a 2022 conditional third round pick. What do you want to do first? How many draft picks the Sens have? How are they going to afford to pay all these players if they draft them? Um, <laughs> or, do you want to, or do you want to do the, the contract that Pajot then signed? I'd, I'd quite like to do the contract first because that is just lunacy. The floor is yours, my friend. I can't remember how much it is. I'm trying to load up. Yeah, yeah, six years, six years, 30 million. What are you doing given a geezer who's going to turn 28 this year? So you got him signed basically through until he's is thirty until he's thirty four functionally, who is traditionally a third line centre. When you've already got you've already got Brock Nelson, you've already got um, Derek Brassard on your team who's having a resurgent year. Like mate, he's going to turn back into a pumpkin. Geezer's on a shooting percent bender on his on his contract year. Yeah, where have we seen this story before? <laughs> I just. Never broken 50 points. This is the first year he's broken 24, 20 goals. What, what are you even doing here? It's an absolute waste of money. It's almost like a demented old man is running that. God, now. <laughs> almost. <coughs> yeah, 43 points is the most that Pajot's ever had. And, and that that's... was in 2015-16. Yeah, that's the thing. He's not even having a yeah, career. five years ago. Yeah, five years. <laughs> he's going to get 44 points and have a career year. If everyone's talking about how he's overperforming and he's not even having a career year. <laughs> so, oh, mate, come on. What's the condition on the first? Oh, it's top three protected. Top three protected, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's better than Barkley Goodrow. I don't know if he's better than Blake Coleman. But... <laughs> I mean, he's a good, he's a good rental pickup. But I wouldn't have necessarily paid that much for him, and I wouldn't have given him that extension. So, would you would you have paid the going rate for him for a rental pickup at the deadline? What first in a prospect? First prospect and an NHL player. Can, can that NHL player be Ross Johnston? It's <laughs> <sighs> too easy. Right, yeah, why it's not? It's too easy. Oh, I don't know. I think so. I think, but I feel like while this was a good deadline as fans. And like it was busy, there was a lot of there wasn't a lot out there. I think the GMs who won are the ones who didn't do anything. <laughs> I wonder why you're saying that. But, but, uh, even you know, ignoring the fact that my particular team didn't do anything because I, I wanted them to. There was talk of them getting jumbo. 
I'd have killed for yeah. that. Whether it was the right decision or not, I want Jumbo Joe Thornton on my team. Who who was the best player that got moved at the deadline? <sighs> There's a few. There's a few that you could class as good. Trocek, maybe? Oh, uh, yeah, Vinny Trocek, I suppose. I'll give you that. But then, see... then the Hurricanes have to see give you. up like Eric Hall, Eric Hall and stuff like that. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, Athens see you, maybe, but that's still not... I wouldn't necessarily... He wasn't exactly on the trade board anyway, was he? No, fair point, fair point. Strictly. I hate the trade. No, don't hate the trade. Dislike the trade. Hate the deal for Pedro. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm not I'm not keen on that deal at all. At all. That's that's bad. That's bad stuff right there. Bad juju. If he wants if he you know, if 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 he decides, okay, I'm gonna go to Islanders, I want a deal if I'm going, fine, you wanna give him six years, fine. That's that what that is what happens now. Players are not gonna accept a deal to take them until they're thirty one anymore. We've talked about this forever. They're just not. That's fine. But five million a year. Maybe we'll come back and admit we're wrong, but fucking I can't see it. I Mate, can't see it all. Ireland is cap friendly. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just on. I was just on there. Next next three seasons, they've got six forwards tied up for the next three seasons. Oh, all at a cap hit of five million or more. Can you tell me those players? And even their cap hits. <sighs> okay, so we've got Pajot, five million. Five million, yep. <laughs> Through to the 25... Or 26-27 season. Fucking hell. Anders Lee makes seven, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Again, through to... Becomes UFA 2026. Andrew Ladd makes five and a half. Because I remember seeing him... Because I only remember that because I remember him seeing him in the Parise talk was Andrew Ladd. That's until 2023, yep. Isn't Andrew Ladd like 35 or something? Uh, he's 34 today. <laughs> Some of the five and a half million in front of the four, three and a half. Million. He's going to be like 37, making five and a half million. Oh, yes. Oh, Jordan Eberle must be one. And Jordan Eberle, five and a half until 2024. Five and a half. Did I say Brock Nelson? You have now. Six million until 2025. Oh, fuck. This was one more. Who am I missing? Comrade's not making five, is he? Uh, I'll kill no, myself. Komarov is okay. three for the next two years oh. after this one. Okay. Oh, that was close. <laughs> You've got the second oldest out of that group that you're missing. <sighs> Fucking hell. I can't believe I've got five. Maybe a, play, maybe a player that you wouldn't think of being 30 years old. Nah, mate. i got no idea. No idea. Uh, Josh Bailey at five million <laughs> until 2024. Fucking... No way. Yeah. Josh Bailey's 30. That's mad. Have they got to pay Barzal this year as well? Oh, fucking hell. Not, not is that right? Or is that next year? That is correct. That's this year? This summer? This summer. Yeah, that's they've right, isn't pay. it? Fucking hell. And they've... Well, I don't have to, but Derek Brassard's a UFA, and he's been handy for them this year. They've got to pay Ryan Pullock, who I think is their one of their top pair in Demon. Boy, Chuck and Leddy are still on a chunk, aren't they? Aren't they on about six each or something like that? Yeah, six and five and a half for the next two years after this one. Fuck <laughs> Mate. Mate, mate, mate. Barzal's going to have to be the... Uh, uh, all right, so hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Fuck, I love when we do this. Hang, hang on, on, hang on. All right, Islanders, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Okay, here we are. So they've got 41 million tied up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... No, nah. if they go with that, if they go with the forwards they've got signed now, still signed, then yeah. But they've got to fit Matt Barzal into that group. That's got to be another eight. 
At least. It's got to be. It's got to be. Although, he's 22. He's not going to take eight years, is he? I meant eight million. Eight million. I think, yeah. I think Barzal's going to take, what, five or years? Five years, yeah. Matthews, I, mean, I, I think he's going to go, I think he's going to try and five, five at ten? Yeah. Pretend, I, I don't know if he gets ten. He could do, though, couldn't he? Let's be probably, honest. Probably, he could probably do. could do, couldn't he? Yeah. But we, I just oh, scroll. oh no! Oh no! No no! Hang on! <laughs> I didn't scroll down to injured reserve. Oh yeah, Cal got about three and a half now. Cases of Zika's three point three. Oh dearie me! Idiots! Dearie dearie me! Surrounded by idiots. They've currently got. Oh, I love when we do this. I love it. Honestly, honestly, I could eat this. It's so good. They've currently got sixteen players signed for next season at seventy million. That's that doesn't include Barzal. That is rough. That is rough. And That's you're giving Pajot up. five million. That's so bad. So bad. You t- <laughs> you talk about GMs thinking, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be around working here to see the last year of that contract. Like lose It literally won't right. be around. <laughs> I do not give a fuck. I'll be dead and buried before this geezer stops getting the money from the New York Islanders. Got any more trades for me, Dan? <laughs> let's quickly let's Quickly discuss the Sens. We, we've talked about this before. They now have... 23 over the next two years, I think. 23 over the next... They've got seven in... The, well, if the Islanders works out this year, they'll have seven. In the first two rounds. Mental. In the first two rounds this year. Which is all fine and good. But as we've all discovered playing NHL 20, and as Cal Dubas has discovered playing real-life games, there's going to be a point where these players will mature together and want to get paid together. And it's like that. How's that going? It's not going to happen because he has. He's paid like Colin White or whatever, hasn't he? Yeah, Tom. Well, obviously Shabbat is the, the big Tom one, and he's on eight, so eight million. He's not strictly against. Yeah, but that's fine. But when you, but if, when, you, when if you've, you've got, got seventeen like, players that are like, I'd like seven million, please. <laughs> you've got seven picks before you get to before you get to number sixty-five and or sixty-three in the draft. That you've got seven players. If three of those blossom and develop, you're fucked. <laughs> like you're completely fucked. I yeah, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say because who knows what's going to happen. It'll be an interesting little storyline for the old sense. See if you Eugene will oh, open the purse strings. In theory, they'll be generating and, more revenue and more profit by that point because they'll have better players. Another thing with the sense is you do need older players, don't you, to help guide the younger players through. You can't just have a team full of twenty-five or you know twenty-two year olds. It just doesn't work. Maybe they'll break the mold. Maybe they'll do it. Just all all ELC. Maybe that's the new model. I don't know. There's uh, there's a young GM in the north who's trying to do that, and it doesn't seem to be working for him. That's a good point. That's a good point. Just uh, as always, keep around the sends because they're brilliant. I love them. <laughs> Crazy. The fun bastards. never stops. Fun oh. never stops. <laughs> The Carolina Hurricanes acquire Vincent Trocek from the Florida Panthers for Eric Howler, Lucas Walmark, Chase Prisky, and E2 Losterinen. This was a little bit of a surprise, but after doing a little bit of digging, it uh, it appears that the the Panthers were not too happy with Trocek and his output, shall we say. So they kind of thought, right, let's uh, let's change things up a bit. This was the more surprising one. Yeah, definitely. Um, when it first happened, it's surprising that the Panthers wanted to get rid of him. Especially for a player that mm. in Eric Haller who hasn't fit in with the Hurricanes really, and Prisky is meant to be a good good D prospect, and he's from Florida, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. If memory serves, uh, so that's cool. That's really cool. 
not a great haul from Florida. I think you'd have been better off keeping on a Trocek, but apparently there's a bit of a talk of it potentially being a salary dump as well. Yeah, like, Trocek makes, uh, I think, yeah, just under five. And there's apparently a mandate from the top to cut some salary. So if that's the case, all right, fair enough. I don't think that's how you should run your hockey club, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Very, good yeah. good win for the Hurricanes, as always. Seems like that's all they ever do nowadays. <laughs> Just rob people in, in trades. The Montreal Canadiens acquire a fifth-round pick in 2021 for Nate Thompson, who goes to the Flyers. I assume nothing on this, Will. Fucking, all right, whatever. Don't know what you're doing trading for Nate Thompson in 2020, but fair enough. Pittsburgh Penguins get Patrick Marlowe from the San Jose Sharks for a third-round pick in 2021, which is conditional. As we already discussed, this was a fantastic idea, just for the story. I think on ice, like, fair enough. Marlow, yeah, I'll be honest, I don't quite know how well he's done at San Jose this year, but I'm sure he's worth the gambler's knees. He's on a league minimum sort of deal, so if it doesn't work out, you can jettison him fairly easily. Chuck him on waivers, scratch him, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, just shoot him off. Just shoot him off into space like Spock in the the sunglasses case in Star Trek 2. I'll take your word for it, yeah. He had, 20, he had 20 points in 58 games for the Sharks this year. It sounds like he's 42 years old, or however old he is. <laughs> I want him to put him on Sid's line, so he racks up like 60 points in the next two weeks. Because <laughs> a, a five-year contract at nine million a year. <laughs> it's one of those ones, it's worth a gamble. Like He's got the skill, or had the skill, and the, the brains to be a high-level player. So, yeah, if he clicks with Sid, then you're laughing. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's players like this are always worth a gamble. It's just one of those one of those players that you just... Their name just pops up when you're like, I can't believe they made a move for him and then, and then he scored this goal or made this pass or something. It's... Yeah. I don't know. It's written in the stars, in my opinion. Colorado Avalanche, for some reason, do the Toronto Maple Leafs a massive favour by taking Michael Hutchinson in exchange for Callie Rosen. God knows why. Uh, Will, that was my thoughts. Anything here from you? I think they just needed an AHL goaltender and didn't need Kyle Rosen for whatever reason. So, like, whatever. We have already discussed Wayne Simmons' hype train finding its way to Buffalo for some reason. Yeah, incredible move on both sides. Quite, yeah. quite literally incredible. I'm unable to offer any credibility to this trade. For the second time on trade deadline day, the Bruins and the Ducks do business with Nick Ritchie going to Boston and Danton Heinen, in somewhat of a surprise, going to Anaheim. But it then turned out this was also a bit of a, a kind of a salary cap move with the Bruins having certain players to sign next year, such as Tory Krug and Matt Grizzlick and Jake DeBrusque. But also a shrewd pickup. And Ducks, <laughs> Ducks fans were also mad at this one because if you looked at the our friends at Wave Intel, if you looked at their data sheets, it turned out that Nick Ritchie is a, a very good player uh, compared to Danton Heinen, so the Sweeney's strike struck again. Yeah, you're you're happy with it then, Dan? Yeah, very happy. I was I was surprised at first. I think you know Danton Heinen's been a name that's kind of always floated around the Bruins, and he's just a guy who's kind of in and about it. And his name pops up. He has a couple of good games, and he disappears for a bit. But I thought they'd kind of give him a bit more time. But maybe the Bruins have kind of fully embraced the anal- analytical culture because. Nick Ritchie is a far superior player to Danton Heinen. So in a one-for-one trade and you save $1.4 million in salary cap, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely. I, I, like, I like Nick Ritchie. And, and if you're getting him for 
strictly being in your bottom six sort of thing. It's a good, yeah, definitely a good pickup. And I like that whole idea of, of cutting bait on players. Yeah, I said, right, he's not strictly flopped, but he's not doing exactly what we need him to, so let's move him out and, and do it now before his, he completely loses value or whatever. So yeah, another, another good move by, by Don Sweeney. Nick Ritchie there on the bottom six for Will, playing tonight in the top six alongside David Krejci. Oh, a fucking terrible, terrible move then. <laughs> somebody, somebody put the stats up of when Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasher played together on the same line, and they're so good. <laughs> they're so good on the same line. It's ridiculous. Krejci in the middle of those two, and you're, uh, you're well away. The Edmonton Oilers acquire Andreas Athanasiu, who got injured against the Golden Knights last night, which... Okay, and for for a second round pick in 2020, a second round pick in 2021, and everyone's favourite piece of trade bait, Sam Gagne. Good move, to be honest. Yeah, like it's it's another one of those ones where a lot of people will be thinking, "Oh, why didn't my GM make that trade?" But he's got good skill. He's fast, so in theory, might be able to keep up with Conor McDavid. Two seconds isn't a bad price, especially when you consider the sort of stuff that you get for a first round pick in this day and age. I like it. It's a shame he's gotten injured, but he's he's RFA as well, so yeah, he's he's cost controlled. Really good pickup, I'd say. A future friend of the show, Dmitry Filipovich, put on a very uh, a really funny tweet last night, which was Athanasiu was skating along and he had McDavid next to him, and McDavid passed the puck behind him because he's clearly used to playing with really slow players. <laughs> Because Athanasiu could keep up with him. McDavid just played. There was nobody near Athanasiu. McDavid just passed the puck behind him. Like, that's where it's normally going to go when Alex Cheerson's there. Because he's a lot slower than me. Now, McDavid's just exposing himself as a fucking fraud. Yeah, show off. He's the... Uh, he's oh, the, look at me. I'm yeah, really fast. Oh. A bebe. Fucking bebe. If any of you get that, oh my God. There's a reference. Living the dream. And then a, a, fine, a fine player was, was bebe. A, a, ah, one of our heroes a snake it till you make it what yes, a guy <laughs> talk, talk about the bloody uh, Premier League Hall of Fame Bebe has got to be straight in there <laughs> for sure uh, a few minutes after that the Edmonton Oilers acquire Tyler Ennis from the Senators for a fifth round pick in 2021 I will say Fucking I really really liked all of Edmonton's pickups I thought they did some fantastic business yeah definitely definitely the sort of low risk stuff for Especially Tyler Ennis, like everybody should have been banging down the centre's doors for, for Tyler Ennis. Agreed. He was, he was always going to be cheap, and he's worth the risk. He's worth it. He's just going to be a solid, good skill addition for your third line or your fourth line or whatever. A fifth round pickup in tw- who was it before we were- <laughs> Wayne? You could have had for the same price Wayne Simmons <laughs> so, or Tyler Ennis. Fucking hell! How is Jason Bottrell still got a job? How? <sighs> <sighs> It's because Terry Pagula doesn't fucking know what's going on. God, he mustn't do. Maybe he's in a nine lung or something. Maybe his oh, kids are running the team for lols. Nah, Fuck knows what's going on. sitting on the yacht, hoovering up Charlie, and doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> That's what's happening. Hoovering up Charlie. For some reason, whenever you say Charlie, I always laugh. I don't know it's why. It's good. It's good. The Calgary Flames acquired Derek Forbort for a fourth round pick. Why? I don't know. Fucking and then more surprisingly, they acquired Eric Gustafsson. For a 2020 How, third why, round pick. Why is that? Geezer had 60 points last year. All right. As a dirty demon dirt cheap. Did you see? All right. He's speechless. <laughs> it's over. No, don't don't even bother. You've you flopped three times in a row. 
you know sometimes like your brain hurts so much you can't just like <laughs> you, you just can't get your words out the, the idea of Eric Gustafson Eric Gustafson <laughs> being changed into the flames gave you an aneurysm <laughs> did you did you see that heat map that Michael put up for Eric Gustafson <sighs> no I didn't I didn't <laughs> I'm not going to say, right. I'm Go not going to say anything. I'll just say he's a reverse Luke Glendening. <laughs> he's, he's, no, he's no Luke Glendening, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no Luke Glendening. Is he really? Has he been that bad this year? This he, this deal, this deal was one of Micah's famous no's. You know, for five, like for a million dollars a year, I'll just say to a GM five times, no. This was one of them and he and he put it out and said this is one of my five this is one of my no's for this year. That's very interesting. Isn't it? Oh. Hmm. <laughs> right. See. Inter- interesting. As you know, Will, I am Mr. Analytics, so uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know what to say. I should probably look at this Chicago one rather than this Calgary one. I think it's I think it's quite easy if you're a player for the Blackhawks to have lots and lots of points. If maybe there's another player on your team called Patrick Kane who also scores lots and lots of points, and you can kind of mooch off him. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's not that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Chuck him on the and back, now, ladies and gentlemen. Shot room. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is William who's been stunned into silence. I uh, not not to go against our dear leader Michael McCurdy, but. Um, <laughs> but his figures are wrong. Oh, he's no, wrong. He's just, he's just wrong. He's just wrong. He's he just, just wrong. ain't right. His data's off. Nah, I still think. Why not? Give him a go. What? Who cares? You anyway? never know. Whatever. Maybe he's really good in the room. I doubt it. He's 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 I European, Dad. I don't know if you've heard. Those pesky Nordics. Yeah, only Canadians can be good in the room. The Pittsburgh Penguins acquire from the Buffalo Sabers Connor Sheary and Evan Rodriguez in exchange for Dominic Cahoon. In another move that made me think that Terry Pagula has lost his mind with Jason Bottrell. Well, I don't necessarily mind it from a Sabres point of view because Cahoon's probably better than either of those players at this stage of the game. But uh, Right, but, but here's the problem. He's going to Buffalo. Yes, Dominic Cahoon's fine in Pittsburgh, but now he's going to be in Buffalo. Do you see the problem there? I, I just don't get why they're, um, why, why they're getting Sherry back. Hey, you get a guy. You get a guy who can play with Sid, because Gensel's out, and he's. If you don't think right, if you don't think that Connor Sheary goes on Crosby's line right and puts up say twenty points, say he goes a point per game in the next twenty games. Yeah, so don't fair mind. enough. It's, yeah, all right. Fair enough. I get that. Then, yeah. Why not? Why not load up with a guy that Sid foot squeezed fifty points out of that one year? Hurricanes acquire Sammy Vatanen. In exchange for Yanni Kwokunen, Frederick Klassen, and a 2020 conditional fourth round pick. I don't mind this one too much. Yeah, I don't think Vatanen's been very good in Jersey this year, but he's he has been fine beforehand, and why not load up on D? They've got a lot of D injuries. Why why not? Live a little, yeah, treat decent. yourself. Decent depth move. A, a bit of a surprising one. The Golden Knights acquired out of nowhere Robin Lehner mm. and Martins Jerkles. For a second round pick in 2020, yes, really, <laughs> it's Jerkles, something like that. Malcolm Subban, Slava Demin, and the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired a 2025th round pick in exchange for taking on was it 50 percent 
of the Robin Lehner contract? Did There's weird percentages. One team took 50, one team took 44 or something weird yeah, like that. Chicago took 50, so Chicago are holding on to two, two and a half mil. There and you go. then Toronto are holding on to 1.1. been said for ages that all the all that Vegas are missing is, is goaltending. So this move makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. Because then, then you've got a tandem of Flory and Leno going into the playoffs. So you're in a very good position, I'd say. Absolutely. It is a... It is the year of the backup, and Vegas have just got themselves probably a starter at backup. So, <laughs> a decent move. Yeah, very good move. And hey, they might even re-sign him for next year. Who's to say? Who's to say? Hurricanes acquire Brady Shea from the New York Rangers in exchange for a first-round pick in 2020, which will be the later pick of either theirs or the Leafs. Brady Shea will. What do you think? He's, he's meant to have not been very good this year. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't. He was a capable defender, it would appear. Do you know what it is though? It's like we said about it's like we said about Toronto, uh, the Lightning having Vancouver's first. Hurricanes had two firsts. There was going to be somebody that they wanted that the other team was like, "Well, we want we want that other first off you." It's just you know you don't need it. So that was yeah, why I guess. And, and there are worse players to spend the first on than Brady Shea, I think. Like you said, you are kind of caught. Hurricanes are kind of caught because they are kind of. Not in a great situation when we D-men, so once the team knows that you're kind of after a D-man, well then there you go. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he'd be fine for him. And and if you're lucky, he finds another gear that he sort of flashed flashed glimpses of. And yeah, then you've got yourself a good good pickup. And give the Hurricanes some credit as well, because they've they've tried to strengthen for a cup run, but that Metro is like insane at the moment. It's so logjammed, it's ridiculous. And I think somehow the second to last team in the Metro is going to have more points than the team that finishes third in the Atlantic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that, that would just be the best. That wouldn't surprise me. I, st- I still think that um, the Rangers could end up with more points than the Leafs. That would be insane. That would be beautiful. That would make me so happy. Speaking of the Rangers, Chris Kreider will. He signed a new contract. Oh, mate. Was it seven Off years? Off you go. Yeah. Seven years. Gives us 29. Plays a, a very rough and tumble style. What's the what's the cap hit? Six and a half? Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, don't like it, funnily enough. What are you doing giving seven years to a second line winger who's twenty nine when you're rebuilding? Nah. Chris Chris cried is a weird one, wasn't it? Because the last season there was talk of moving him, wasn't there? Mm, which they should have done. And I just think and you just have to think the right offer must have just never come in. Because the Rangers have just sold off everyone. Any good offer they have, any good offer they've just taken it. Yeah, take him. Well, it's fine. We'll work it out. We'll, you know, we'll take the picks. No, or the players I or whatever. It was one of those ones where either they always wanted to resign him, or like they had perfectly reasonable offers, but were still like, eh, no, we could get more than that. We could get more than that, and then it never happened. Yeah, so they're like, well, fine, we'll just resign him then. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd hope that they, they aren't just resigning him, like resigns to resigning him, sort of thing. <laughs> Fine, for reason. Fine, his six and a half million. Fuck's sake, take it. Oh, you won't offer me Austin <laughs> Matthews for Chris Ryder. Whatever. I guess I just have to resign him then. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I really don't like it. I definitely dislike it as much as I dislike the Pajo contract. That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, com- comparing the two, which one do you hate more? It's just different where the the Rangers <laughs> have a better chance of being better than the Islanders do. So I'm not as 
I'm almost more torn up about them giving bad contract sales. <laughs> it's like you're really shooting yourself in the foot, whereas with the Iron, it's like, ah, you're only going to be average anyway, so what? why not lean into your mediocrity? No, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, really don't like it at the very least, Dan. And then the last majorish one was one we'd already kind of talked about, which was the Tampa Bay Lightning acquiring Barkley Goodrow and a third round 2020 pick right. for from the San Jose Sharks who in return received a first-round pick in 2020, and Anthony Greco. I don't know much I, uh, Greco, but... Let's have a quick look at it. So you're you sort of trading it. down, and you get Barkley Goodrow. I still, I don't think Goodrow is even worth a third-round pick, really, is he? He's a, he's a I think he's worth a... Th- you put him in a I think he's worth a third because he's going to a, a, a strong team. It's it's not like you're putting a bad... It's not like you're putting a, a decent player on a bad team. He's going to get points, isn't he? Because, you know... He's going to be a fourth-line player, probably. Yeah, but the Lightning's fourth-line's decent, isn't it? Yeah, but still, there's only only so many minutes in the game, Dan. <laughs> you know what? You make a fantastic point, my friend. You make and, a fantastic point. What, are you going to take away minutes from, from Steven Stamkos that you can play Bar- Barkley Goodrow and get your money's worth from him? Uh, yeah. It's it's another one like the Colbert one, because he signed next year for cheaper get him now. But... Do you know where else do you get cost control, cheap, skilled assets, Dan? Go on, Will. Stun me. Through the draft. <laughs> no way. Oh, who, yeah. who would have known? Who could have possibly known that? Especially with first-round picks, you're more likely to get... Obviously, you know, your first-round pick in at the end of the 2020 draft isn't going to turn into someone who can contribute for you next year. But, jeez Louise, like... Nah, to throw two first rounders away against to Coleman and Goodrow is just unforgivable in my in my mind. Barkley Goodrow, twenty four points in sixty two games this season. <sighs> yeah, which is fine. That's good for a fourth liner. Yeah, but he's still a fourth liner. I know we don't. I know we do this quite a lot. You know, we just talked. Who did we just talk? Who did you use? Oh, the Islanders cap hit, didn't we? Next season, he had sixteen players signed for seventy million. As it stands right now, next season, the Lightning have 14 players signed for 77 million. Yeah, that's mental. That is insane. That's not on. And they've only got <laughs> they've only got two D-men signed so far for next season. <laughs> no, it's got to be three because... Oh, no, sorry, it's three. It's yeah, three. Yeah, McDonald's on injured reserve. On IR. Oh, yeah, McDonald's on IR. That's fine. Oh, they got three. And they've got to pay Sergachev. And they've got to pay Sergachev and Chernak. I don't think Chernak will get too much, but he should probably command about two million for a couple of years. Little, I was going to say, yeah, he's not he's not making league minimum again, is he? <laughs> yeah, he's going to get two mil at least. He's not going to. He's not going to be like forty quid. Yeah, he's not LeBanking this thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll have to. Someone, someone's LeBanking it. So Joe's going to get <laughs> LeBanked. I'd say that needs to be. That needs to be like in, in the new hockey dictionary, like getting LeBanked. <laughs> like the promise of being on a good team so you take a bad, you take a bad paycheck. Like, like the Bosman rule for the LeBank contract. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing now that we don't say he went... Do you remember when that after happened, we'd say, oh yeah, he went on a, he went on a Bosman. It became like a thing, like the word became, it just meant something immediate, like, oh, yeah, he's been LeBanked. I, uh, <laughs> I love it, man. I was always a bit oh, too amazing. young for, for Bosman. Like, I never I never heard it called, it was always a free transfer to me. I can't remember what year it was, but... <clears throat> it was like 2000 or something. Just for those of you who don't know quickly, the ruling was that if a player was out of contract on a team, the team still held the rights to that player. 
And Jean-Marc Bosman, a player from Holland, said, well, that's not fair. I'm not even under contract. How can this team hold my rights? And he became the guy who enabled every single player from then on until the end of time to essentially move to other teams for free if their contract ran out and take a humongous amount of wages for doing so. Basically and it became the, known the as... first free agent in association football history. Yes, actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he became, yeah, he was the first free agent in, in footy, basically. And, that was in, and it just became in, known as doing a Bosman. In, like, they got him on a Bosman. In the 90s. That's mad, isn't it? Mental. <laughs> That's so long ago. Then you don't really get many free agents in footy, do you? No, no, because it's, yeah, it's already worked out beforehand. It would be like, it, yeah, to, to compare it then to hockey, essentially next season, Mikhail Sergachev, essentially now he'd be talking to other teams about where he'd already signed. And, 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 some, and sometimes it comes out oh, yeah. already that he's already signed a pre-contract agreement. Instead of all this pretend that it doesn't happen in hockey, which it clearly does, but it would just be announced. There wouldn't be like a big secret. It'd just be announced, oh yeah, Mikhail Sergachev's already signed a pre-contract agreement to go and play for the Kings or something. Like it would just, we'd just talk about it. That's like it. There's nothing. But then, then you get even weirder things like this, uh, what Hakim Zayek thing with Chelsea, where they've like signed him, they've like bought him, but they're not going to buy him until the summer. It's and that so was weird. done outside it's of so the transfer weird. window. Like, I, don't, I don't know if I can get it. You can have all the rules in place you want, can't you? Getting back to the start of the show with caps and goalies and Nothing. teams always find a way around Nothing it, don't they? Because you want any edge you can get. Rules are made to be broken, Dan. I don't know if you've ever heard that one before. I may have done. A punk rocker such as yourself, well, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised at all. You're well aware of that saying. I've got a great big banner in my bedroom saying, "Is that yeah?" <laughs> right below my "Do not enter" <laughs> sign, and no parents. So it's tattooed across your belly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rules are meant to be broken. There we go. Last thing: man versus eight-year-old. Let's do it. Hey, Will, you schmuck! You're gonna get roasted by an eight-year-old, you fool. Let's do it. Speaking of eight-year-olds, trade deadline. Could have been manned by an eight-year-old. <laughs> I reckon George would have traded fewer first-round picks. I think. <laughs> I like the idea. Say to my yeah, say to my daughter, "Hey George, would you uh, would you trade a first of Barkley Goodrow? No way, Dad. That's mad. Would I? <laughs> like, fuck? Right. Yeah, you fucking kidding? Okay. The good news is you chipped away. You chipped away. Uh, it's down to eight points. That's that's really good. That's really that's warmed my cockles. That has. It, it, it might be the latest comeback ever. I don't know, but it is down to eight points. So you have you have a little bit of hope leading in, a little bit of hope as we get into the stretch run. First game, Bruins Stars, bitch. Oh, mate. That's tonight, isn't it? It is indeed. Stars, gone. Fucking knew you'd pick that. Fucking Homer. Right. Panthers Leafs. Oh, 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 oh. Panthers mate I f- no idea I could not honestly if you had a gun to my head I couldn't pick a team just say just say one of the names Dan I can't I will shoot no, you if you don't pick a team I just can't I don't do know for you. It's, who's, who the fuck knows which Leafs or Panthers team is going to turn up to this game tonight it's who's going to flop harder Bobrovsky or the entirety <laughs> of the Leafs team <laughs> Just think, it's Bravovsky versus three $10 million forwards plus who couldn't score against the Zamboni driver. Bravovsky versus the Leafs forwards could be the unstoppable force versus the immovable objects, but in reverse somehow. of Whatever it could be, I don't know. And also, to not, do you know also I love about this is like, it's a classic six-pointer. Oh, yeah, proper, proper four-point game, I suppose you'd call it. 
Yeah, proper four pointer. All right. The four pointer rest the, of all four pointers. Absolutely. The now playoff spot holding Nashville Predators take on the Calgary Flames. <laughs> yes, you heard that right. Oh my god. Yeah, thank God for John Hines. Maybe that's the story. The Preds. It's, it's going to be a, a, an Eric Gustafson hat trick, and uh, the Calgary Flames are going to win. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. It's going to be a Gustafson hat trick, and the Preds win nine three. <laughs> no, no, Gustafson's five point night is going to drag the Flames to a, to a big fat dub. Rangers Flyers. Rangers, I've got because because they've got to finish above above the Leafs in the league standings, and then Wild Capitals. Oh, Capitals. Nice, easy one to end it. There we go. Beautiful. Thank you for listening, folks. Will, any last words? Oh, absolutely not. Fucking hell. Beautiful. Let's get the fuck out of here, shall we? Less. Peace. Peace.